Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Say hello to our good friend Tom Korski, the executive editor of Black Locks Reporter at Minding Ottawa on Twitter. Minding Ottawa, that's a hell of a job. <laughs> but but it's it just work. Well, it just yeah. occurred to me as I said that. It's minding cats, herding cats would be easy <laughs> by comparison. Oh, funny. <laughs> How are you... Uh, how are you seeing this whole issue about China's uh, interference in our 2019 and 2021 elections and the public response and the prime minister's, should we call it obstinate, decision to not support a public inquiry? I think he, this issue got away from cabinet, and it's, it was a bad mistake. Maybe they didn't have a choice, but they handled this one very badly. I, I don't care about who's hot, who's not. We don't do that. Uh, this is very far-reaching. Uh, this is the problem, Roy. By, by the way, just a little inside baseball in case you find this interesting. What happened was the committee voted, House Affairs Committee voted 6-5 to recommend to the House that there be a public inquiry. That's it. There, there's nothing to argue about anymore. The boat's in the water. That committee report is going to go to the House. There, uh, Commons is back this week, starting tomorrow, back from recess. There will be an opposition MP say, I move concurrence with the committee report, and then it's on the line, my friend. You will stand or fall on that vote, and the opposition, three main opposition parties in this case, have enough votes to pass it. It doesn't really matter what the prime minister thinks. What do we know for sure, Roy? We know that very serious people made very credible allegations of monkey business in those two elections. We know those complaints went to the equivalent of the police department whether it was Canadian Security Intelligence Service, whether it was this task force with a Privy Council appointed by Cabinet, whatever. And we know that they did nothing. And we know that when they're asked in Parliamentary Committee, why didn't you call, why wouldn't you tell the world? They start to stare at their shoes and say, well, I don't know, was there smoke, was there fire? It doesn't inspire confidence. There will be an inquiry. It will last two years. It will be Unbelievable, right? And if you support the inquiry, and if you challenge the prime minister, and if you quote that committee, and uh, Michael Cooper was on the program with us earlier today, who of course is a member of the committee, of the Conservative Party, then you're accused of taking cheap shots at Justin Trudeau. It's it, I don't understand how the logic circuits in the brain can so badly misfire in such a fundamental manner. Well, politics is, you know, you know this, Roy, it's full of jib-jab. I mean, there's no end to it. People like, it's like hockey. They like to do when the linesman's looking the other way. You like to give someone a face wash in the corner. Well, that's all very fine and good. But in the meantime, there's going to be inquiry with, with a judge compelling documents and swearing in witnesses under threat of perjury. It's, it's happening. You know, I said earlier, Tom, that uh, 
People are, are, are adamant. They want the inquiry, and I understand, and I want it too. But keep in mind, as you just said, this isn't an overnight situation. This isn't something where you start the inquiry on Monday, and by Wednesday or Thursday, you have the report in front of the Canadian people. We're talking about several years. It could be following. I mean, the, the, the next federal election could already be passed by the time the report is ever sees it all the light of day. Well, it may, but I my two cents, this is just my two cents, Roy. I think this is going to be a widowmaker, and I'll tell you why. It's not even who testifies. Is so-and-so going to testify? What are they going to testify? Because you know media is going to be all over that. I could care less. It's the documents. It's just like the Public Order Emergency Commission. Their documents are incredible because these people are compulsive emailers and texters. Mm -hmm. And you will see in real time what yeah. they were saying about Don Valley North, about what they were saying about Stevenson Richmond, B.C., what about this candidate, what about that guy, and you will be able to actually document. You can see the footprints in the snow. That's the gold. That, I'm telling you, in our business... That is Christmas, because when you can find out what powerful people were thinking in real time, not what they say after the fact, you've really got something. Yeah. Kenny Chu was with us earlier today as well, the uh, Steveston former conservative member of parliament. He's not, he's not announcing whether he wouldn't tell us whether he's going to run again, but I would be surprised if he doesn't. And it would be very interesting to observe how China responds, what Beijing would do as far as challenging Mr. Chu is concerned. He told us that as recently as three days ago, there were uh, accusations against him in, um, in uh, Vancouver media. So, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be quite, the, uh, quite the circus. And I don't mean that. Got to get it out, Roy. Got to do it in the middle of the town square in broad daylight. They have to get it out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah they do. So I've been off for a couple of weeks. I'm just going to reference a couple of things that you had on Blacklocks that caught my attention. And this one really just made me jump out of my chair. February 27th, public swearing of an oath of allegiance to Canada, a legal requirement for 76 years, will end on July the 1st. Clicking a box on a government website, good enough. No, it isn't. That just really uh, irritates me. Sad. Uh, I'll tell you what, it was interesting what happened. The Department of Immigration found it created a problem, which is frankly an unbelievable problem. And then they came up with a remedy that was even worse. You know what the problem was? It is a legal requirement. By the way, there's case law on that. It's no joke. Federal judges ruled on that. You can pay your $630 fee to take your citizenship test as a landed immigrant. You can pass the test. If you do not take that oath publicly before a public office holder, holding your right hand at shoulder height, and announcing that you pledge allegiance to your king, your constitution and country, you are not a citizen. What happened? The Department of Immigration ran up a two-year backlog. Can you imagine? They had a two-year backlog of citizens who paid their fee, uh, passed their test, wanted to take the, the oath, which takes approximately 30 seconds, and they had a backlog. Well, you say, what's the remedy? Well, Roy, you and I could solve this in, in 15 minutes. All you do is deputize 3,000 mayors, municipal reeves, county commissioners in every town, village, and hamlet in Canada. You say July 1st, it's going to be awesome. We're going to have the biggest swearing-in in Canadian history, 300,000, come one, come all, the band from the high school. People are going to be crying and laughing. It's going to be beautiful. No, what do they do? 
They said, I know. Why don't we have a click box on a website? Well, we, we saw this in legal notices, <laughs> and the fur has hit the fan. And uh, if uh, the immigration minister, uh, Mr. Fraser, Sean Fraser from Nova Scotia, is half the politician I think he is, he will kill this, kill it dead. Yeah. Well, um, there was something I was going to say that was semi-intelligent, but it's kind of drifted off. <laughs> It's wandered away. That only happened to me. It's wandered away from me, Tom. But uh, you know, I I remember I had the opportunity, I had the honor to become a Canadian citizen. I arrived in this country as an immigrant kid, uh, thirteen years of age. I actually joined the Royal Canadian Navy Reserve, Naval Reserve, prior to becoming a citizen. And the first opportunity I had, I went and I swore allegiance to, to to Canada. And it was a, an amazing moment, and people, other people who were there doing the same thing, there was a real sense of, we belong in that room. Now, we never saw each other again, but for that moment, we were all one. We had accomplished what was incredibly important for us, and that was to swear allegiance to Canada, become Canadian citizens, and move forward. And it was, it's not something you replace with a tick in a box. Ridiculous. You know, Roy, that story you just told, ever since we ran that uh, news copy, uh, uh, there are people who have stories exactly like that, absolutely heartfelt, beautiful stories. And you know what strikes you? There are millions of people in our country that have this real deep sense of Canada and flag, and bizarrely, none of them work in the Department of Immigration. It's unbelievable. So, Tom, I recall during the earliest days of Canada's engagement in Afghanistan, we didn't have any um, sort of sand-colored uniforms. And they, they, were, they needed it for the area that they were in. They, they'd sold them all off. So what they did was they went and got the jungle fatigues. The, the, I don't know what else to call them. Forest green. Yeah. That's, that, so they had all that. And then they had them, the Canadian soldiers were the only ones not wearing the uniforms that, you know, you need in that environment. Then they didn't have any rifles, as I recall. So they had the Canadian soldiers, uh, one group of them anyway, all bunched together. And surrounding them, protecting them, holding rifles, were German troops. And the, the visual was kind of disturbing to me. Um, just made me think about, you know, other times in history. But then you went ahead on the 1st of March, my birthday, to remind us that in 1918, a Middlesex battalion, this is on, <laughs> this is on <laughs> Black Locks Reporter, in 1918, a Middlesex battalion was ordered to Siberia for winter combat, equipped with jet black fur coats and hats. <laughs> we can't see you. We can't. Oh, my God. It's been going on for years. Uh, it's, it's an old military tradition. A belated happy birthday, by the way, Roy. Thank you. Thank you, You know, that, that same uh, uh, regiment, the Middlesex Regiment, in the Korean War, dispatched uh, a battalion from Hong Kong to the cold mountains of Korea in their shorts and, no. light, and, and light tropical shirts. Not for long, but just enough for it to be really extremely uncomfortable for several weeks oh, for those my. who were wearing shorts in the snows of the mountains of Korea. So it is. It is a long. It is a long and rich military tradition. Yeah. Well, I can share this with you. 
When when I was in the uh, the Navy and we would have parades, we would always seem to find ourselves behind the black watch. And we had the bell-bottom pants. And they would give us the, the work is over verbally. And they were wearing kilts. And it was usually settled <laughs> behind the armory about two hours later. And then we'd all go and drink beers together. But, but it, did get, it did get a little tense at times. Oh, my goodness, the stories we remember. The great stories. Um, what's, this, what's this about? Uh, here we are, March 3rd, uh, Black Locks reporting. Thousands of foreigners flagged as security risks received immigration department permits anyway. Audit is disclosed. What's the story here? It's odd, isn't it? The uh, Canada Border Services Agency has a job, and their job is to screen border crossers to make sure they're safe. Uh, what, it's actually a legal requirement. Well, what does that mean, safe? Well, they are looking for people. I'm reading from the section of the Immigration and Refugee Act, right? They're looking uh, for suspicions of espionage, subversion, terrorism, danger to the security of Canada, war crimes, or membership in a gang. That sounds serious. And in thousands of cases, the uh, customs and immigration officers would report up. They say, well, this, we're flagging this. This is security questions. You want to check this out. And in uh, almost half the cases... And, and, and this is thousands and thousands, a total of about uh, almost 4,000 uh, border crossers who were flagged as security risks. The department, uh, our, our old friends, our, our flag lovers and the Department of Immigration just stamped the permits and said, yeah, anyway, just keep them moving. Auditors uncovered this in a filing cabinet and said, are, are you kidding me? I'm paraphrasing. Them. Are, are you kidding me? The security screening costs $11 million a year. Roy, this was the whole point of the program. My favorite part, there were some findings of, in conclusion, they said, and this was 14,000 cases, inconclusive. What does that mean? Well, paperwork was missing, or, or, or the immigration officer saying, something about this doesn't sound right. Flag that is inconclusive. You had a 9 out of 10 chance <laughs> of, being, of getting a permit from the Department of Immigration. I think we could say, you know, they're doing a hell of a job at the Department of Immigration. It's, you know, they're getting a real attaboy left and right. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and then there's this one. Uh, I really like this one. Monsieur Guilbeault, our, uh, our, what is he, he's the Environment Minister? Minister of Environment. That's right, yeah. yeah, Minister of Environment. The man who climbed the outside of the CN Tower. Indeed. And received a mischief uh, fine, and I think he had to do community service. Anyway, the environment minister, you write uh, his delegation to the last UN climate conference, which uh, was to achieve the next step forward for climate ambition. They blew through how much money in transportation costs? Oh, it was $622,000 in airfare, Roy. First of all, how do, you, how do you run up $622,000 in airfare? I've been on an airplane and recently... Yeah, but Roy, in fairness, you did not travel with 265 of your closest friends. But That's Stephen true. Kubo did. Yeah. So, so this is the thing about climate change. You can't just do that on the phone, right? You can't call that in. And it was after spending uh, two-thirds of a million where he did conclude, I'm quoting him, climate change can no longer be considered a future threat. It's today, it's happening, it's now. If you want to hear more... 
Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 